The bell clattered as he closed the door behind him, shutting the cold winter air out of the Freemason's arms. Loosening his tight woolen scarf, he approached the bar and signalled for the barmaid's attention. He seemed not to be interested in the vivacious curves of the young woman's slender body, and placed his order without emotion. He took a sip of the cool, bitter liquid, and placed the glass back on the bar, watching the marbled effect of deep red mingling with orange. He took a drinking straw from the box on the bar and plunged it into his glass, stabbing at the ice cubes as the vibrant colours became one. Excuse me, he said to the man who had now taken the place of the young woman behind the bar. Is tonight's act still on? He was well spoken, his voice verging on the baritone, with an accent which was difficult to detect. As he spoke, he gestured towards the poster, which was taped to the wall next to the bar. The poster advertised that night's entertainment, a stage routine by Charlie Sparks, former staple of Saturday night television, and now another washed-up has-been. I should hope so, the landlord replied. That's a payment of advance. Bloomin' cheek, if you ask me. Not even been on telly for years. I don't watch much television, the man said matter-of-factly. Before the landlord had a chance to reply, another man, dressed in limbo between smart and casual, threw his tuppenceworth into the ring. Couldn't miss him twenty years ago. Hardly needed to pick up a magazine, and he was in it. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! I don't read many magazines, the man said. Blimey! Don't get out much, do you? The smart casual, casual smart man said. On the contrary, I'm out too much to take notice of such things. The smart casual, casual smart man did not know quite how to respond. In his half-professional, half-social style, he thrust out a hand. Alice Flint. Kempston Hardwick. Pleasure to meet you. Indeed. Alice Flint, again unsure how to react, chose instead to speak to the landlord. Is he back there already, then? Oh, Charlie Sparks. Is he already here? The landlord's tea-toweled grip on the pint glass tightened as his cleaning action got audibly squeakier. Yes, backstage as we speak, drinking copious amounts of free booze and knackering my profit margins. Surely he'd draw a big crowd, though, eh? Ellis Flint remarked, glancing sideways to Kempston Hardwick, as if seeking agreement or approval. Not if ticket styles or anything to go by. Sold eighty so far. Sure, a few turn up and want tickets on the door, but there's no way it's even going to pay for his appearance fee. Never mind the bleeding brandy he's knocking back in there. Maybe you could make a little extra cash on the side, eh? Again, Ellis Flint looked at Kempston Hardwick for some sort of reassurance. How do you mean? Well, there's a few people who'd still love to meet him. Me, for one. How about I add a tenner to your coffers, and me and my new mate Kempston here can go backstage and meet him for a few minutes? Hardwick's eyebrow raised at Flint's casual bonding, but he said nothing. Call it twenty, and you can have all bloody night with him for all I care, the landlord replied. The deal done, Ellis Flint enthusiastically grabbed Hardwick by the arm and led him round towards the back room of the pub via the kitchen door. You seem to know the place well, Hardwick remarked, smoothing the sleeve of his winter coat. Oh yes, come here quite a lot. Helps me to unwind. Helped dug out in the kitchen a few times, actually. 
Hardwick noted the landlord's name for future reference. As they reached the solid beach door with the tarnished brass private plate on it, Hardwick cleared his throat as Ellis Flint knocked, waited barely a nanosecond for a reply which was not forthcoming quickly enough, and then entered the room. The man, whom Hardwick assumed to be Charlie Sparks, was tapping a cigarette out in an ashtray. A magazine containing images of scantily clad women sprawled on the desk in front of him. Ah, good timing. Another brandy, will you? Charlie Sparks said. Oh, I'm afraid we're not members of staff, Ellis explained. Well, buckle off out of my dressing room then. Actually, we're quite big fans of yours. We just wondered if we might be able to say hello. Charlie Sparks' demeanour changed visibly, as did Hardwick's, although for entirely different reasons. Mm -hmm.